0: Welcome to our podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. And now we're talking Darian.
1: Hello and welcome. Today is September 14th and we have Marley Hayes, the CEO or interim CEO of the YWCA here with us tonight. Um, You know, I'm familiar with the YWCA from, you know, playgroups with my kids since we've moved here and it's been great, but I know they do more and I look forward to talking with her about what that is. Yeah. And the YW
0: is different than the YMCA. We have right. the YW, right? Um, and that's how I'm familiar with them too. Like they're, you know, they're, they're welcome groups to moms like us. Um, but also they've become uh, relevant uh, in the past year to me, well, as our country's dialogue has changed this past year. Uh, they've been in the forefront of those conversations. Cause I feel like I saw signs, I think it was the spring Taylor about like racial um, equity and justice, like an educational 14 yes. day challenge. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Yep. So they've definitely on the front of this. Um, and Marley's going to be a great person to kind of have this conversation with as these topics come up so she's in our studio and I hope you guys enjoy
1: Marley thank you so much for joining us tonight
2: thank you for having me
1: we're so excited to have you um you know you're obviously you're now the interim CEO right
2: oh. of the YWCA an organization that's been around for how long the YWCA incorporated here in 1978. Wow. Here in Darien. Here in Darien. Okay. Yes, uh, the organization was formed nationally, I think, back in the 30s, and we're over oh, nationally God. over 200 local organizations. And what o- was we're one of the smallest.
0: Darien's <laughs> one of the smallest. <laughs> yes. Ones? Yep. And what
2: was it formed? What was like? It was formed to do to cur- the the mission of the YWCA is to empower women and eliminate racism. So that's what it was formed to do. Why it came to Darien Norwalk, we cannot piece together. We don't know why this was a chosen location. But uh, the way the mission was being fulfilled back then was we empowered women by building social networks around them, because the belief is that women are stronger when they have other women around them. So hence what everybody thinks of the why for the newcomers and wine tasters, gourmet, it was all social networking, all run by women. And nobody really touched the eliminating racism part of the mission, but we have autonomy as local organizations. Yeah. I mean, I think most listeners probably
1: do know you through newcomers, right? Tell tell us about the offerings you have that people most readily know.
2: I think people most readily know newcomers and also wine tasters and gourmet, which are not just newcomers events, but they're sort of the the lore is that they are. Um, that's how most people here, when you talk to them, met their social network. We also have playgroups, a very robust playgroup program still. Mm-hmm. I know many, many people who will also say that their friend group and their kids' initial friend group came from that, that too. Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of history and legs here of relationship building.
0: I like that. You know, I, yeah. I kind of thought it was. <laughs> don't get mad at me for saying this, but I kind of thought the why was a little silly and that it was like a social networking thing. But to hear what you just said, that it is to empower women by giving them other women and people like them to like get straight, you know, to communicate with have, you know, yeah, something makes sense,
1: right? Totally. It totally
0: makes sense of how I'm by that Cause that, you're right. I mean, yeah, sure. I feel empowered if I'm with a group of women that feel me, totally. understand me. Yeah.
2: And think back to 1978, think back to early eighties, even the, the real norm in a town like ours was women stayed home with the kids and dad went to work in New York City. So mom was home for hours and hours and hours, Right. you know, in this house. And who was going to help them? You know, that was their village. So the YW helped them build their people around them. Right.
1: And even today now there's a lot of women, I mean, I'll say like me that were working and then came home to be with their kids. And that's a real shock. And I think the playgroups for yeah. me was, that was a big deal.
2: Yeah. It's huge. It's really huge. Yeah. And it's still there today. That's still the crux of what we do today.
0: Well, that's the crux. I feel like that's like, for some reason, you're most popular for that. But I feel like that's not, to me, from when I've talked to you pre-interview, that's really not your bread and butter, what you're going for. Or is it? I don't mean to put words in your mouth. Sorry. (laughs) You know what?
2: I think our bread and butter is split now. We kind of have two different kinds of bread and butter. You know, our core and our history is the social networks. And those are still important to us. That's what the majority of people in town look to us to do. Um, if you talk to older people in town, that's that's still what they want. And even all these new people moving to town out of the city that don't fit that old stereotypical norm, they still want the playgroups, whether they're working or not. They still want newcomers events. They want book clubs. They want playgroups. They want couples parties. So we still do all that because that's how you form a community, right? And we're all about you guys more than anybody. It's about the community that is Darianne. And that's what the YW helps to build. So that's one side of it though. That's one side. What what does YWCA stand for? Young Women's Christian Association. It was initially an off, not an offshoot, but a replica of the YMCA. Yeah. Interesting,
1: right? And I guess it has no religious affiliation no. now. No, none whatsoever.
2: Yeah, okay. and we're actually even growing out of the the gender affiliation. Women will still stay intact and will still serve women, but the organization naturally is opening themselves up to allow men on boards and committees and things.
0: Okay. Wait a minute. I got to flag know. that one, my friend. Yep, I, because knew. The whole I knew. I knew you were coming. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> the whole point of what you just said in your mission yeah. <laughs> to empower women and to eliminate stop, racism. eliminate racism. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to let the men infiltrate here. <laughs> we're going to let the men
2: say we can empower <laughs> women, too. By the way, yeah, I'm not against it, but mm-hmm. I just find it. it it's interesting. That, yeah. So I mean, only on the boards, they're not, like, you're not serving men. We're not serving men, okay. but we are allowing men to participate in the mission work. Well, that doesn't seem inappropriate, does so, it? No, it doesn't. Yeah, That's cool. I don't, I, don't, um, I don't know. More power to them, right? Yeah, if they want to jump on board. Absolutely. Yeah, No I pun mean, intended.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what t- talk about the work you're doing in that in that vein like what
2: community work you're doing and and how are we eliminating racism we are now within the last year thanks to the world and you know changes locally even uh, we have decided to really fully embrace our mission and and It's not easy to do, but the way we're doing it is really aligning ourselves with the knowledge and the expertise of our sister YWCAs. So instead of sitting as our little own island of four or five part-time workers working on social networks, we decided we're going to pull up our bootstraps and meet these other people and really get on board and learn and participate.
0: Okay, but why now? Like, why? Like, if this has been the mission all along, like, how come you know why? What wasn't doing this. I don't know. Ten years ago, how, how did it get so far off? I didn't even know. Sorry, it's not even far off. Like, but how? Like, it was just never there. It was never there, even though it was
2: in the the language in the mission statement. Right. I there. I wish I had a good answer. I don't know why the eliminating racism was never touched, I'm going to guess because the community never wanted it or demanded it, or even questioned it. I think they just thought they didn't even know what our mission was.
1: But am I wrong in, in understanding that you do a lot of work with women who need to, let's say, go back to work, find a job, and you, you coach them, right? You help them find the clothing they need for an interview, help them put a resume together. Am I right about that?
2: We used to do that and then walked away from it for a while because other organizations were doing it better. But Again, in the last year, we have found a need, uh, particularly in Norwalk, another place where we really haven't embraced our name or our mission. We've been very Darianne-focused. There is a huge need there, and we're working on a way to develop a center with that inherent expertise there for those women who want to go back to work or have never worked and need to go to work. Is there a YWCA in most of our surrounding towns? We have 4 in the state of Connecticut. It's oh. uh, yeah, That's it's it? Greenwich, Darien, Norwalk, Bridgeport, and Hartford. Huh. And Hartford and Greenwich are two of the biggest YWs in the country. Oh, wow. interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Wait, how do you offhand know how many YWs there are in the YWs there are in the country? I don't know the exact number, but I know it's over 200. That's that's what we have in our literature. And the size
1: of the organization
2: is measured by the number of people served? Good question. I don't know. I mean, the way, specifically, I don't know, the way we define it when I'm talking about our organization is that we're a staff of seven part-time employees.
1: Okay. So talk about the work you're doing now to eliminate racism, and what does it mean to partner with others in that mission?
2: It is really learning from others. I think we inherently believe, those of us who work here in Darien and Norwalk, that the way for us to embrace our mission is to provide information. We are we refer to ourselves as advocates, not activists. And our role as advocates is to provide information and education to people, um, whether uh, ideally people who are coming to us willingly for that information or but also just tangentially, you know, if they see it and hear about us. So all we're trying to do is provide a way for people to learn. So give us an example of some that kind of information that you've given. Well, I think the one most people are familiar with was last spring, we launched the 14-day racial equity and social justice challenge, um, something that had never been done before here. Um, it's done very commonly in other YW lands, if we will. And we worked really hard on it. We replicated it from another challenge that was done out in Seattle. And uh, so we knew that the information was vetted and clear and all of that. We redid the graphics. We launched that to the community. And it was, you signed up, you registered. And for 14 days, each day you got an email addressing a different topic. Um, Proud to say that we launched it having no idea how many people would sign up. But in total, we launched it twice, and we had over 600 people wow. sign up. So in a and community that sort of you don't think people want to talk about race or racism, I mean, 600 people is a lot. I don't Absolutely. think that, by the way. I, I think that's
0: the stereotype, I feel like, of uh, this community. And I, I feel like a lot of like affluent communities of people don't want to talk about racism. I don't know if that's the case. I would actually say for myself or the experience i've had people don't know how to talk about yes, it yes better said right yeah not sorry i don't mean to, or well, they're afraid to point. talk they're about afraid, it they're afraid yeah so mm-hmm. um yeah they're afraid to talk about it and you feel like even if you say and you say the wrong thing someone's gonna jump down your throat and on right. social media yeah, someone's absolutely. gonna bully you and beat the crap and you're like wait a minute i didn't say I, I, you just yeah right. i don't know so um right. and so we've had it happen people have come after us they have. Um, yeah, well, I was going to ask you about your your material. So, if you did this fourteen day race and thing, where are your materials sourced from? So you said it, it's other all been
2: YWs. Clear. Okay, okay, but where are those from though? Like you know, we they have um, most of these YWs because they're much larger. They have fully formed racial justice, women's empowerment divisions, and people who are trained in this at the collegiate or graduate level, and they have access to information. Now, I'm sure like anything, some of it is bias. But I can tell you that the 14 day challenge, we had a whole team of people from Darien Norwalk, we were fact checking and double checking, making sure that links were real, etc. And it all seemed information that we were comfortable sharing and putting our name on. Mm.
1: Yeah, I admit it sounds a bit intimidating. You know, to know that it's coming from, you know, intellectual group and it's above anybody else. No one really knows who they are, whatever. I wonder what that's about. But, you know, you said something in the pre-interview chat about critical race theory that I thought was fascinating. Like, you know, I know what I hear about critical race theory, but I can't define it. Like,
2: tell us what you what you said about what that is as far as the why is concerned. It it is hard to define. Um, And, you know, I will preface this like I did earlier in our our pre-discussion that, You know, we're all reading, we're all learning, right? I mean, this is new to all of us. But when I talk to and learn from my other YWCA colleagues, the YWCA supports critical race theory. So now everybody pick yourselves up off the floor, right? (laughs) Yeah. But what they support is that CRT is actually an intellectual and legal endeavor and study. It is a body of work created by a number of attorneys, many years ago, studying how laws and systems are inherently biased towards everybody and everything. But they elected to really study black people and how it was affecting black people. Now, like I said earlier, it might include other what are deemed underserved populations, but I believe it's black people. And it's just a theory it's a legal doctrine it is something that should be taught at the collegiate or graduate level
0: right so it's like, a, like if you take an economics class you learn tons of different theories in economic class that, you, that can cannot play out like so it's just like to your point it's a theory that it, people are yeah it should totally be debated
2: boring. should be discussed should be yeah. considered absolutely yes i mean i think of it kind of simply i studied philosophy and socrates you know We're not teaching the Socratic method in a classroom. (laughs) Well, that's interpretive too. (laughs) Exactly. Same thing, right? So that's where the YWCA stands. Have I ever read anywhere that the YWCA USA or my sister YWs support teaching CRT in high school or grade school? I haven't read that anywhere, but I do know that they support CRT. They're two separate things. I mean, ironic, honestly,
1: because tonight we're having a board of education meeting in Darien where curriculum is going to be discussed. And certainly this is a hot topic nationally. Um, I think it's getting to be a hot topic locally. Um, And I really I am happy to have basically anything put in front of my children. Materials wise or discussion wise, wait
0: at the certain the right age level. By the way, age appropriate. Yeah, there's there's a there's a role to be played with the
1: the age appropriateness. But you know, I want my kids to be able to see and hear anything if they are respected in their opinions and able to discuss and debate things. I think it's fine, right? Like I I want my kids to be nimble enough and, and prepared to hear all opinions they're going to for the rest of their lives. Like, right. I certainly don't want to curate or censor totally the information right. they're seeing. What I want to know is that they're being supported no matter what their opinion is. So like teaching critical race theory as a theory actually doesn't sound so bad. Right. If it's not being right. pushed as, a, as like indoctrination. Right, 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 right. Right. Well, then I have
0: to go back and ask the question earlier, Marley, like what I said to you about where the material you got that was sort where the material was sourced for your 14 day plan because I, I asked the same question about the materials that are being presented in front of our kids here in Darien that are CR critical race theory related, which is like, I'm I'm okay with like any, you know, some of the different materials seem to be biased in other ways. They've been interpreted as being biased in different ways. And I'm okay with that as long as I see different biases. You know, as long as you're, if you take something like, you know, people say CNN is biased. People say Fox is biased. Okay, great. Take those both, but bring both those elements to that to that environment. So when, when the Y is bringing this stuff to you, like I just was curious, like how they formulate their materials. If it all comes from one area, if you like, if you grab like, you know, um a doc you know, uh, a doctorate from University of Chicago and then you grab another one from, you know, UT and then another guy from UCLA, I don't know, do you mix it all? I, not that makes a difference where the location is, but you get my
2: point. Like Right. I, I can tell you that YWCA USA sits in the seat. Their home is in Washington, DC. They are very embedded in the world of academia, intellectual thought, policy making, you know, political theory, etc. The board of directors, I couldn't tell you one name or one actual skill set, but the the letters next to each person's name are, you know, go on infinity. And the level of of I'm gonna say depth of information that they put forth all the time is impressive. Um where where they get it from, I'm not sure, but if you can Think of an agency that needs to be bulletproof. I think this is one of them. Because think of all the people that wanna take shots at the YWCA.
0: Yeah. If I'm going to play devil's advocate there, please do. You got a lot of people sitting in a room, like, you know, on paper reading looking at the statistics, reading the paper, everyone in a room but not out there experiencing it. Like I almost would love to have someone living that day to day who never looked at any of the books, never looked at any of the data, just walked the walk and talked the talk in all the different environments.
2: I have an answer for you. Go! Yes, yeah. Marley! <laughs> they're they're going to say that that's part of the beauty of our federated model is that we exist in communities all throughout the country. So we are bringing back to YWCA our experiences from our community. Okay. So they are seeing it from multiple lenses.
1: Okay. And so bringing it back to the local level, like, again, how, do, how are we, you're providing information. Correct.
2: To whom? To anybody that will listen to it. Um, who <laughs> but are, like to the schools? Yeah. Are you guys pushing stuff we're, in the schools? We're trying. We're, we're trying. Uh, we do a lot through the PTOs, um, some more receptive than others, all willing to listen, not necessarily willing to push out to the school community. And what kind of stuff um, are you pushing in the schools? Well, like the the um, the challenge was a big one. Uh, th- and that was well, very well received. But it was interesting to see some schools sort of pushed it more or promoted it more than others. The when you say some that, schools,
0: by the way, if anyone listens to this, not in Darien, like you mean like
2: one elementary ca- school we have over five, another. Yeah, we have Sorry, five we have five, five elementaries, a middle, and a high school. Got it.
0: So, like, so those schools can independently choose to not to.
2: You just promote them. it as much, right? And. Yeah. There's that is not a point of blame, because maybe one elementary school was in the middle of some huge fundraiser or, you know, something specific to their school community. So, yeah, the during challenge the time took a backseat. Right. right. And that and was that's,
1: and that was just a promotion. I remember getting the email like a promotion to have parents participate. Right. I think kids could, too. Right. I mean, at certain ages, I think it would be at appropriate, certain ages. But not the yeah, ones. we
2: said it. We said it was appropriate, probably high school sophomore and higher, just because the content was pretty intellectual. I don't sure. think younger could really grasp it.
1: But it was an invitation to participate. It wasn't pushing into curriculum.
2: Oh, absolutely. This was okay. not through the administration, not through the teachers, not through the principals. It was through the parent community. So through the PTOS. Has there
1: been any interest
2: in partnering with? The district on curriculum. No, we have not been approached to do that. And I, we wouldn't, we're not, we're not curriculum experts at all. Um, We did reach out to the administration, most specifically at the high school. And this does weave into my personal experiences too. So sorry for that. But last year there was a racial event, um, Via social media, there was an Instagram of high school students and there were, you know, racially insensitive comments posted on it. And um, they were directed at students of color in the school. Um, Heinous by all accounts. For me, it hit me more at home because it was towards some of the ABC students in town I happen to be an ABC parent host. Can you explain ABC real quick? Sorry. ABC uh, is a national organization called A Better Chance. And they are an organization that's basically an academic organization to help children of color with their um, academic environment. And they send children to boarding school or community schools, which Darien is. It's very competitive. Uh, these students are, they're called scholars. They are outstanding leaders, academicians, etc. by the time they have hit eighth grade to be accepted to this program. So unfortunately, this event happened last fall when our ABC daughter happened to be quarantining with us. And she didn't tell us about it but the next day i heard about it and went to her and i won't say her name for her privacy and i said you know what what is this and she said oh yeah you just can't even believe it so it really it was like an arrow through oh my, my heart cuz now here i had to face her and talk to her and she knows where we stand but it was just it was Terrible. I mean, talk about right in your face. I had to discuss this with this young girl living in a community I'm proud of. So, what would be your suggestions after, you know, living
1: this experience and then doing the job you're doing? You know, how does Darianne
2: improve? I think people have to be open to learning and discussing it. Um, You know, we all, and here's another pick yourself up off the floor. We all have inherent bias. I mean, we just do as human beings. We do. So why can't we just all acknowledge that mm. and learn from it, right? It's not It's not saying we're bad people or we're wrong. I mean, by virtue of being humans, we have to filter information and create bias to function properly. Right. So why can't we just say, yeah, you know what? Maybe I have something to learn. Maybe... I do make comments that I've never even realized that I make these comments. So now I'm going to realize I do, and I'm going to try not to. And when I do, I'm going to say sorry for doing it, and I'm going to try to do better.
1: I think that's what we all want, right? Is to, especially in our children, is to raise them to be aware of, you know, things they might think or feel that you know make other people feel a certain way, right? To teach them empathy and and understanding and acceptance and everything. I think it's such a gray area when, you know, that acknowledgement that we have inherent bias turns into assumptions being made about people based on the color of their skin right right because you are white therefore you are bad, bad. correct and or, that's really tough for the parents opposite. to like, hear that their kids are being told that
0: because you are black you are underprivileged or right. like less exactly. than i mean it's the same same way i mean no one wants to completely. hear completely right
2: and it's false it's, it's a, a really right? it's, it's a, a sweeping rope. statement but that is false we're in this culture that i think even people are
0: scared to even like admit the, uh, the obvious that what you're saying like that everyone is has inherent bias but because people are so scared of being attacked now we're i think we're in this culture of just like judgment attack bullying like even though we're getting more sensitive i feel like we're getting more mean you know let me bring it back marley mm-hmm. i think what you're doing the idea is you're trying to navigate that so that's not the case and saying, let's educate and let's talk about that, like creating safe spaces?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like the YW should be a safe space to come and learn. And if you're passionate about our mission, if you're passionate about eliminating racism and sexism and, you know, gender identity issues and all of those things, we're a safe place to come and we can help. Walk this tightrope together. Now, interestingly, I was going to say fight this fight, but it's it's not a it's not a fight. That would have been a poor way to describe it. Well, it's but, interesting because
1: the the whole idea of eliminating racism should be a common goal of just about every human being, right? I th- I think we are all united on that, right? I mean, I I can't name a person that is not on board for eliminating racism, and I think it's just more about the judgments that come with, you know, how we learn, how we communicate, how we, you know show concern for our children, for their education, for the things they're being told, being taught, being made to feel.
2: Mm -hmm. The only caveat I will add there is nobody's going to openly say, I don't want to eliminate racism. But I do think in every community, there are people who still believe that racism doesn't exist. And it does.
0: Yeah. That's probably true. Well, I guess you define that too, by the way, would you say, are you talking about, like, I think it's getting uh, interpreted as racism of white, black. I think that's the more um, common thread right now. But when you talk about racism, we're talking about everything. We're all talking cultures. About, right. Yeah. All cultures, all nations, all, genders, sexuality, you know, religion, I mean, you know, everything. Absolutely. Right. So that's, I think, like what you're saying with your, by the way. Not a white, but just black, but the whole picture. yes,
2: right. I, I mean, it is interesting over the last year, I have really brought in my definition of racism because it it used to be, to me, a white, black. and mm. it, it's not. it's a it's a skin color, a cultural. It's really different. And racism, like all these other trigger words, has been put in a particular hole that, you know, it is white, black. And it's not. It's not, it's, it's judgment I mean, of other people for,
1: you know, things that they can't control in general. Like right. she said, and it's about not even race, but other qualities and characteristics.
2: Yeah. And I mean, we don't want to go in deep here, but it's, it's gender. It's, yeah, you know, sexuality. Exactly. It's That's what I mean. all of that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, what is the why need? What is the YW need? Are you guys looking for, is we it need fundraising? Funds. Yeah. We
2: need funds and we need people. We need human resources too. We're building a, a small army, but it's hard to, it sounds sad, but it's hard to find people that are really passionate about this kind of work. And it's not because they're ill-meaning people or they don't care, but it's, you know, Everybody has a different cause or a different thing that's important. Many of us are very involved in our children, so that takes our time, and that's that's great, and we need that too. It
1: certainly, seems like there's a big appetite for it right now. I know. We're, I was thinking that yeah, too. Like,
2: we're finding more and more people. But again, our our biggest, you know, being totally honest, our biggest challenge at the YW is fundraising. Um, it has not been a skill set the or that the organization has had ever in its history, and. Now, within those of us who work there, it's still none of our core skill sets or capacities. So we're trying to piece things together. We have a fundraiser coming up we're very excited about. Um, when but, where? Go ahead. Oh, uh, the uh, part of our women's empowerment, we get very deep in domestic violence. And the YWCA USA has a week in October called the Week Without Violence. It's the third week in October. And... Last year, we did this fundraiser for the first time. It's an offshoot of one that used to be done years ago, where it's a luminary lighting in town. And we call it Light the Night. The whole idea of it is to really shed light on domestic violence, which is something that really happens in the darkness and behind closed doors. And it's hard for people to ask for help. So we're going to be selling luminary kits, both through Block Captains, through Barrett Bookstore, and through Palmer's, as well as Table Sales. And the luminary kits will be lit. It comes with 10 luminaries lit on Sunday, October 24th. But along with that, we have some corporate sponsors in town this year, first time. You will get, when you register your kit, seven days of information about domestic violence, learning what it is, identifying it, how can you get help, etc. So um, that's a big one. It was successful last year. And already with corporate sponsors this year, it will be even better. And you might recall it, it's, it's a beautiful site, like my whole neighborhood, everybody in my neighborhood had luminaries in front of their house. And it's such a way to come together. So I mean, is the why a resource for someone who is suffering from domestic violence? Like, do
1: they come to you and ask for help? And how do you help them?
2: Uh, Darian Norwalk is not. Greenwich is. So we refer people to our sisters in Greenwich. They have a full safe house. They have full programs, et cetera.
0: So if a woman calls you, like if there's a woman listening that like is maybe in a tough place or questioning, mm-hmm. can they call you anonymously? They can just call the YWCA.
2: They could call us. We would refer them to Greenwich, but, like but there are also, there are tons of hotlines and resources available. Um, And what I will say, the most staggering thing is that the hotlines are numbers that are non-traceable. And um, if you pull things up on your computer screen, um, there are no cookies involved and there are ways to immediately shut off a screen Um, because part of the horror of all of this is, especially now with COVID, many of these people are living with their abuser and their abuser is tracking everything that they do. So the places that provide resources, including DVCC in um, Stanford, they all have these protective measures in place. So DVCC. that uh, must be domestic violence, some crisis center. There you oh, go. Thank okay. you. Sorry, there's so many. We're working with the Darien Domestic Abuse Council, which is an educational service.
0: Marla, I got one other question for you that's out there a little now bit. I'm but scared. <laughs> I'm scared. When you emailed us back, on the bottom of your email, it said, my pronouns are? Yes. Blah, blah, blah.
2: Do you have to do that or do you choose to do that? We. It is part of our brand. So I was told to put my pronouns in our, all of us were in our email signature because that is part of the YWCA brand. Now, you guys did challenge me on that, that yes. I I could have written... And I want to challenge you on whatever. that. Whatever. I, <clears throat> I don't have a problem saying she, her, hers. If I did, I would have come up with something else. Um, I, I do. This is going to take us into... There's a lot of chatter. I don't... I haven't experienced it first time, but at the schools, apparently now children are being asked to share their pronouns. Yes. I, you know, I just don't think that's fair. If they choose to, let's celebrate that. Um, Absolutely. But they they shouldn't be required to because it's no thing, different though. than okay. writing a political affiliation. You know, these kids are trying to figure out who they are, what they are, how they are. And if I'm in seventh grade and I have to say I'm she, her, hers, but by eighth grade, I'm thinking, mm, maybe I feel different, or maybe now I'm ready to say it. You shouldn't have had to be pigeonholed. You are who you
1: are. Well, it goes back to the crux of what's being discussed tonight with curriculum. I mean, I, am, I have not, no interest in censorship. I think I have every interest in making sure that our children are supported in a safe environment to express themselves, whether it's about their gender or about their political affiliation, and not being told what to think or to feel badly in any way about who they are. Right. And I think that that, you know, fits the narrative when it has to do with certain things, but not with others, right? Like we heard that students were made to cry because they or felt that, you know, they were being booed and bullied for, you know, identifying with um, political affiliation that wasn't popular with the class. Right. That's crazy. Right. Well, it's not fair because they don't education. That's like indoctrination. That's bullying and no one should put up with that. Agreed. Well, the thing I
0: ask you too about your pronouns, is like, is if, if, if I'm your little girl, I'm looking up to you. Cool, Marley, mom. You're, you're doing a great job. You're kicking butt, right? You're, you know, you're, Can you tell my girls that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they probably don't feel that way. Oh my gosh, I'm dreading high school. I'm so nervous. But um, my but, girls are awesome,
2: <laughs> and we have a great relationship. So uh, that was unfair for me. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. I'd like to meet them. Okay. Um, but like, if you're a, a young woman and you're modeling after your elders, and your elders are declaring their pronouns, I don't know. I just think we're setting up a very, it's an interesting dichotomy that we're setting up.
2: I think we could go a lot of ways with that, though, because the, the theory behind declaring the pronouns is about creating a safe space for those who have different pronouns than yourself. So going back to my girls, say my girls looking at me. My girls know by virtue of my life that I am a she her hers. You know. Right. Right. So why do you declare it? I don't in my everyday life, okay. but in my work when I'm working for an organization that their goal is to create a safe place for people who need to be made to feel safe, then that's that's what I do.
1: And you don't and let's think face it, it's like exc- in, a, in a population of 10 or 20 or 100 people if most people are saying she her hers and some people are saying they that person is still going to feel different, right? Versus instead of like calling attention to that exercise, if you're in a classroom with someone who is like, you know, I'd really rather be referred to as they, like kind of under the radar, cool, like, yeah. I think most kids today would be like, absolutely, no problem. Right, yeah. Rather than drawing attention to the fact that we all had to put that out there and look at that. Yeah, let's all announce it. To your point, what happened in school this week,
0: like the kids were kind of funneled into just, you know, Displaying what their political affiliation was and had to write it on the board, like it shouldn't make a difference what your political affiliation would be, but to have to write it and announce it, yes. it was what the problem publicizing. Became. The right? But like if they had just found out what it is, then they could take that home and think about it and think mm-hmm. what that means to them and how do you feel about that. And that was a di- that's a different conversation than announce it. Everyone, Am I, I don't yeah. know. Sorry,
2: not to jump on this moment. Like, right? I no, just- I'm happy to have the conversation. I also don't think they were given enough information to declare what they were i mean regardless of the piece of paper they were given mm-hmm. they've been in school three days they haven't studied politics yet they haven't studied each party and to be and clear, there are more than two parties in our country right 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 let's, right. let's, and let's remember just, that let's explain what we're talking about too because for people who don't know what we're talking about
1: there oh. was a graphic presented in the 11th grade recently that showed um Uh, it was was a left and right there was a blue side and a red side and the the characteristics that defined the democratic party and the republican party right right and i think a lot of people probably on both sides felt that that was a biased document so it was certainly worthy of discussion i have no problem with it being put in front of our kids it's all about how it was presented by the teacher and how the students were made to feel as they discussed that like if the teacher said you know Sophie, how do you feel about this? Does this resonate with what you feel is true about Republicans or about Democrats? Is this the way you feel your parents raised you? I mean, I think that the adjectives associated with Republican parents was what fear and respect or fear and something. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that accurate? Like, I think having that discussion, you know, is worthy.
2: Tough love. That's what it was. Yes, I think that's right.
1: And then, Mm -hmm. you know, similarly on the Democratic side, does that sound right? Like, you know, having that discussion is fine. I don't think that's bad, but... But then the kids had to label themselves outside of that. Which which, which are you? They took a survey, which was a very (laughs) difficult survey. I tried to take the survey and I couldn't answer the first question. I'm like, neither one of those fits me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yet you're supposed to fill out the survey and then it's supposed to like, I guess, produce a result that you were supposed to write on the board and then you came up with the wrong answer. Well, you weren't real popular.
2: Right. Well, think of how different everything would be today if that day in that classroom they presented this just as a theory. This is one way of looking at it. And hey, guys, folks, that's the right way to say, hey, folks. Good job, Marley. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Why don't you just raise your hand? If you feel right now that you think more this way, or you think more that way, and then do it again in a week, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, versus... Get out of your seat, go to the board. Well, it, you know.
0: sh- it should be issue based too. Like, you know, it all, de- you know, like just to bucket you, like that you are all one side or all one left side. It all, de- every issue, people feel differently. There's no left and it's right. It's labeling. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the thing yeah. we've
0: been trying to avoid
1: for decades. But that's what I'm giving
0: right. Marley crap about on her email, how she has <laughs> her pronoun. She labeled this little
1: point. Yeah. Right. I want to get away from it. We're going more towards We're talking about inclusivity and acceptance. Like, this runs counter to that. like back to back to school back to how we're raising our kids in the curriculum i want to teach our kids how to think not what to think i want them to feel free to express themselves and think critically about this stuff and feel safe enough to express their opinions and debate that and come up with a better answer with their peers because they're not they don't need to be surrounded by people that agree with them they need to debate
0: you don't have to agree you can all happily disagree but be respectful of each other absolutely disagree Right? Doesn't I mean? Yeah. This is absolutely. part of the the, the why. This I, I'm hoping this yeah. is what you guys are the why is teaching, and I, I love this. for our, our young girls, for me, my young girls to learn this. Yes.
2: Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We w- another initiative we're undertaking is we are forming a teen board, and they sort of our pilot students um, came up with the name Teen Empowerment Committee, I believe, and their interest level runs the gamut from racial justice, social justice to like women's and girls rights um, one of, one of them is a is a firefighter and even as a young woman um, she was actually one of our young women of distinction at the YW yes, which is a big event right. that we do um she she has shared that that can feel uncomfortable not because of any one person but because, She's a female doing what stereotypically is a male's job. So she is very impassioned about women's rights, which is great. So our goal is to give these girls, we're happy to have boys too, if they're interested, give them a voice and a place to be able to fight these fights, not being under the umbrella of the school administration that, I fully respect they have a lot of talk about tight ropes. They have a lot of tight ropes that they're always walking, right So they can't have kids doing certain things. Um, the YW we have a different we have a different voice. so we're trying to give these kids an opportunity to be part of the community and speak out and fight against some of these things if they choose to.
0: You're giving him the the education to do that, like right, you said. I think that was one of the. I love you said that at the beginning. The beauty is like we try to educate, right? Yeah, you we know said. Yeah, that, that was we're one of here to educate people. We'll, we'll give you materials, and you guys, like you know, let those wash over you. Or and
1: you know, and and I still don't uh, have a feeling those. for what that looks like. What kind of educational materials are you are you providing?
2: Well, the challenge was the big one. We did a program with the middle school PTO last spring. Um, That was about how to be an ally. Um, We brought in an expert from, uh, I I call her an expert, uh, the director of women's empowerment and racial justice at the YW in um, Hartford, and talking about the theories how to be an ally, which is just supporting people of different color, gender, race, whatever. Um, That's one thing we've done. We brought in an author Two years ago, the author of Waking Up White um, to talk about her book and her research and her experiences. Cool. We partnered with the library last year to bring in, shame on me, I forget his name, but he was a, a Sikh author um, and him talking about his experience. So we have our, our fingers in it. We're building out advocacy work. We have an advocacy team now that we've built at the YW. People coming together from different they're all different angles in this space in this work um people who are passionate about gender equity um somebody who's really passionate about diversity as a whole a couple of people who are really passionate about um just race in particular and we're working together to figure out what actually can we do in the community beyond just programs um how do we get the word out and it's it's not so easy i wish we could do more but it it takes it takes an army to do this and there's a lot of hesitancy and pushback from other organizations and businesses really? um yeah it's it's scary to be the one to to raise your hand or you know step out um because you don't want to upset anyone Nobody wants to alienate anybody, right? You know. So I said at the beginning, people are
0: like almost they're too scared to even say anything. You know?
2: Yeah, we're in a culture of people
1: are either silenced or hearing only. You know. But I think she's saying it goes both ways. Like you know, to say that you're supportive yeah. of that can alienate certain people. which back right. to your yeah. point that some people think racism doesn't exist. I mean, I'd like to believe that most people are on board with eliminating it, and I want to thank you for your work in that. But that's um, that's hard to swallow. That. Mm-hmm. Businesses wouldn't
2: be supportive for fear of alienating people. What what I hear most commonly is, Marley, I support that so wholeheartedly as an individual, but. Exactly. I think it's,
1: it's you know, and this is the way I feel about a lot of this stuff. Like, I absolutely embrace the words as I understand them, right? Like, right. I, I totally. embrace inclusion and of course. acceptance and all these things. But when that comes with, you know sort of this monologue about how my children are inherently bad because they're white, I revolt. Like Mm -hmm. I will push back. Right. So it's hard. Things get lumped together, unfortunately. Right. I think we really, if we look at the words for what they really mean to each of us, I think we're all pretty much on the same page, but a lot of it, it's like throwing the baby out
2: with the bathwater, which is sad. Well said. Yes. Because you don't have to, to believe in anti-racist work, you that doesn't mean you have to believe that white people are bad. they are mutually exclusive things, but we the world has tied them together, yep
0: I'm sitting with that, yeah, no, I
1: think that's really well said, Marley. Very cool. Well, thank you for your part in educating our community and supporting you know families, women. You're a
2: great thank lady Thank you. Thank you. And thank you we're so much. Try, for, we're trying. Sharing your time with us. Thank you for having me. For and me. for being willing to talk about it. Absolutely. We'll do it again soon. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.